Hey, didn't we say we were going to talk about something? Uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> so, no, besides that. <laughs> oh, I don't... I, I, my brain just turns off when I say all those words together. It's like a reverse Beetlejuice situation. <laughs> uh, damn it, what was it? I can't control what goes on in that mess of years. Uh, we said we brain. were going to talk about something in this segment. Was it Kevin Clash? Because <laughs> I, I thought I covered it, but I can circle back one more time if you're wondering. Uh, God damn it. I wish I could remember what the hell it was we I was going to bring up. Oh, well, I'll remember it when we're done recording, and then I'll be super pissed. Your story memory. Welcome to the Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony Verneri. And I'm John Deck. And each week we will malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of long-loved movies. And this week... That's right. We're <laughs> watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze from 1991, directed by Michael Pressman, the follow-up film. It's the film we did last week, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Uh, man, I'm excited to do this episode. Uh, if you listened to our episode last week, uh, you got to hear us kind of gush about how stupid that fucking movie was, but how fun it was at the same time. Uh, and we're probably going to do that again here. Although, I don't. I, I think I mentioned this in the last episode. Uh, I kind of remember this one being better than the first one. Well... And you might be alone in that. Um, I don't. I don't have that memory. But you know, I, I could be wrong. And and the fact that the first one wasn't even actually a good movie, but just a fun movie. Like maybe it's not that high of a mark to have to bypass to actually be considered better. I don't know. We'll we'll see. It'll be interesting. I do. Here's what I think. I or what I remember. I remember what the secret of the ooze. Number one, that they didn't have Bebop and Rocksteady. No, it was two off-brand uh, yeah. baddies. Like Razor and Toka, or, I can't remember. Like, they were, um, yeah. So, <laughs> I think one of them was like a vulture, or I don't we, Something. We'll see. One it of was, them was, was some kind of lizard, for sure. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll, we'll take a look. We'll see what we think about that. But the other thing that I need to mention is that you have Kevin Clash, uh, who some of you may know <laughs> was the, is the puppeteer and voice of Elmo uh, returns as the is puppeteer really? and voice of I didn't Splinter. Know that. Yeah, yeah. It's a little known fact, but I like to bring it up uh, two to three times per podcast now. Um, and I don't know what we're doing in the week after this, but <laughs> if I could find a way to bring that up again, I think that'll be one of my favorite reoccurring segments um, no it, i honestly this one is the, the first uh turtles movie is something i had i watched on repeat anytime i was just needed something on in the background to feel good teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 was something it's like why watch the whole movie when i could just listen to the soundtrack 
<laughs> go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go. Go, 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 go. Uh, yeah, man. Got you some uh, <laughs> some vanilla ice on that uh, that soundtrack there. Uh, I'm just looking to see if there's any other like big names. Big names or anything like you get another spunkadelic song i don't think i'd ever heard of spunkadelic besides on the soundtrack of the last movie so how dare you i well yeah you know it is what it is uh let's see magnificent seven uh kid k i don't know who that is traveling on okay well you get vanilla ice and earthquake so there's that i mean those are two of my three of my biggest fears uh, so <sighs> this may be this may be difficult. This may be a tragic film after all. Of course, um, of course, the third being, uh, you know, brain aneurysm. Oh yeah, of course. Uh naturally. Uh so we're gonna go and watch this movie. It is currently streaming on Netflix. I think it might also be on HBO Max. Uh, yeah. It's it's in a plenty of spots. You can find it pretty easily. Uh, and when we come back, we are talking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. John, are you ready? Bossa Nova. Then let's go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go. Go, Ninja. No, kid. Nope. Yep. Nope. Uh, leave it. I'll just I love use the it. first part. I love it. Wicky, Keep wicky. it all. <laughs> We're shipping out a whole new door. Oh, man. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's kick this baby off. So, lots going on here. Uh, so, let, let, okay, let's let's do what we usually do, just get it out of the way. Sure, sure. Um, better movie than the first movie? I'll, I'll let you take the first stab at this answer. <laughs> Kind of is like it's got the better soundtrack. It's got the better story, the more cohesive story, at the very least. Uh, the 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 better script, the better. Uh, did I say soundtrack? You said soundtrack uh, twice. Okay, so it's got a better soundtrack, uh, better acting. O- overall, it's kind of a better movie. So why is it that the first one was so much more enjoyable for me? Because this movie is a pile of garbage. <laughs> and you just didn't realize. <laughs> oh, is that it? That's what That's it is. Fucking classic me. Classic you. No, I, here's, here's where, I, where I, the reason why I think things fall apart. I think it all boils down to the fact that, you know, that, that controversy that happened in the first movie where it was too dark and gritty and how the director wanted it even darker and grittier and they rebelled against that and there was all this fighting and it never quite never quite got to where anyone really wanted it to be uh, but after that movie came out and after you know it was a bit of a just a you know bit of a little uh indie hit as we were talking about um <laughs> the there was all, all this, like, the people who, you know, had worked on the cartoon um, 
the original comic creator. Like they were, there was just a lot of like nobody liked what it was because uh, there were all these people who a lot of blowback from parents and stuff who wanted a really light-hearted, fun kids animated style movie, and then there were the hardcore comic nerds and like the creators who wanted something that was more like PG thirteen R rated somewhere in there a lot you know much much more serious, um, but the the studios uh powers that be uh decided that what they really wanted to do was to make a movie that would bring in even more money and to do that they thought they had to make it more of a kids movie and kids friendly um and they wanted to be more appealing worldwide uh, because they wanted it there, there were issues with uh other countries like in europe and stuff not wanting to show the original movie because it was too violent for kids to watch um, and all, all, all this stuff. So they, they tried to edit out almost all of the use of weapons out of the second movie, uh, to make it not as violent. <laughs> <laughs> they, they tried to add in, they did add in a lot more jokes and quotes and gags and them having fun instead of actually fighting. Uh, a lot of just, they went out of their way to make this as soft as possible but without actually working on making it like a, a compelling or interesting movie, like they had all these things that they were going to do and then they wanted to dial back. So I feel like there were moments and, and bits and pieces where they, you know, there was more, like you said, a bit more of a coherent story or an attempt at a story uh, going on instead of just like a segment of a story, which was composed, you know, in, in the first one. Mm-hmm. But everything was so dumbed down and made very tame and not just not just like softer and non-violent but they inserted so many sound effects for gags like little springy sounds and like slide whistles and like every time like someone got hit the sound would go boy and like it'd be the whoop and like all, all these instead of just like Kung Fu sounds are like, ha, 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 you know, and like, just, you know, it was more like, ding, bong, bong, and it's like, what is happening? It's like, it really distracted me. It almost made me, it did make me angry. It was almost difficult to watch, which was so weird because, like you said, there are certain elements that should add up for it to be better, and yet I found it almost insufferable. I, I, there are things that were highlights, things I enjoyed, and we can get to that. But overall, it was just like, if you try to just make this even more kid-like, not making it better for kids, but make thinking in your head, oh, you know what, make it more friendly for kids? How about we give them pepperoni nunchucks instead of actual nunchucks, and, and then that'll be really funny and cool. And, like, how about instead of hitting people with his swords, he shoves his swords into the ceiling tiles, jumps up and grabs them, and then kicks people with a wacky, springy sound. Or, or hits people with the, the fucking sheaths for his swords. Like, not right. even using the swords themselves, but, like, tucking them away and using the sheaths. And continue to follow through on this whole we're ninjas and we're going to be doing ninja activities and be quiet and undetectable until the very end when they finally give up. <sighs> so, yeah. yeah. So it was, it was a little rough, a little rough for me. Um, despite, <laughs> despite the vanilla ice concert in the middle, <laughs> which I guess he doesn't know what to do after. So he just repeats the fucking song. 
like, oh, um, we could go on because we've now finished this song. And I could do another song except, oh, wait, I'm Vanilla Ice and don't have any. So uh, Ninja Rap it is. Yeah, he really, really should have just uh, done the Ninja Rap and flow seamlessly into his cover of Play the Funky Music. <laughs> uh, which was the B-side to the single of uh, Ice Ice Baby. Oh, and my. I do know that from experience, I can tell you. Um, so, but yeah, that, I, for some, for some reason, I had it in my head that, like, the the Vanilla Ice concert thing was, like, an end credit sequence or something. I didn't realize it was just, like, smack dab there in the middle of the movie, and it was, like, yep. And it was all, like, built into it. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and so that's not so bad. The The worst part of that whole thing was they fucking got on the stage. Oh, yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you're supposed to be ninjas and you're getting on the fucking stage? Are you fucking kidding me? In front of these hundreds of people? And the thing I love, too, which <laughs> cracked me up, like, I love that one of the guys is like, whoa, cool costumes. Because <laughs> because they do look like just people wearing costumes. Like, why would people's reactions be to freak out and go, oh, my God, these are actual living humanoid turtles. This is crazy. Nothing like this has ever existed in all of history before. Whoa. No, they'd be like, oh, it's just some dudes wearing some weird turtle costumes. So it's like, wow, what a what a weird meta commentary in the middle of that concert. I guess it kind of is. I didn't think about it that way until you just said it. But yes, <laughs> that is a bit like... Uh, that's a, that's a bit of what we're seeing here. By the way, uh, from the telling, if you're watching the beginning of this movie, uh, you would know that this was brought to you by the Pizza Farmers of America. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have a, a four and a half minute opener of just fucking people eating, or making, or delivering pizza. <laughs> uh, it's it's just nonstop, and I don't hate it. Like it makes me long for New York pizza because I haven't had it in years. But can I tell you a secret? It, sure. As I was watching this movie, I was it was was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Um I had just made myself a large salad. <laughs> now I don't think and especially the way I make it, it's not that the salad was unappetizing. It's just that I sat and made this food, sat down, started watching the movie, and like seconds in, as you say, it becomes this glorious orgy of pizza eating. And like, it's like, oh man, I want pizza so bad. I don't <laughs> want this salad. I want, and not just any pizza, I want a big old New York foldable slice of pizza that I could get from one of the corner uh, markets or, you know, oven, bakery pizzerias whatever you call them so so yeah it was pretty that was maybe why i'm in such a bad mood about this movie is i started off having to eat a salad after watching five minutes of beautiful pizza (laughs) eating that just it's what it is too god the, the words that you used were so eloquent and perfect it's like in memory of Jim Henson, and then yeah. smash cut to hot, dripping orgy of pizza yeah. throughout New York City. And I'm like, Jesus. You know what that was? That 
I think they hired uh and he doesn't he isn't credited in this, but it really struck me as like an Austin Powers type type of montage. But instead of like having like melons and bananas covering up his privates, you have different unexpected shots of crossfades to someone is that a newspaper nope it was a piece of pizza and then cut to someone else and they it's a policeman but as he raises his hand he's not holding a baton or a gun it's a piece of pizza and like it's all these like oh here we go pizza check it out look at how i'm holding the pizza oh i fucking love this oh boy i love this a lot it like uh, uh, Lady in the Tramp esque uh, <laughs> eating of pizza, uh, two kids jumping rope, but it, it it looks like they're doing double dutch, but it's really just big long strings of cheese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we know how this movie should have gone. It should have been ninety four minutes of pizza eating. The yeah, end. which uh, they get close. They get close, but they There's didn't a have a ton of pizza eating this movie. Uh, it, it's gotta be upwards of 15, 16 minutes worth of you know what? pizza eating. Kevin Monroe, you don't got the balls to pull it off. There, I said it. He <laughs> chickened out. This could have been an artistic statement about the American culture of, you know, overindulgence and eating of the pizza pie. And instead, it turns into a stupid, kid-aimed, not good kids movie that should have been better than the original and fell apart in like 17 ways. It did kind of crash and burn and it's really disappointing. Um, did, did you know, uh, <laughs> Kevin Clash returned fountain of, Kevin, uh, Kevin Clash of returned to be the voice it's, of, uh, he did. Yes. Yeah. I, he I he was that. the voice of Elma. I don't know if you knew that. I um, did know that. No, what I was going to say, and I didn't know this. I, you before. know how I knew that? Hmm. How? From last episode. All five times you said it in the last episode. Uh, well, I think I said it to the intro on this one, too. So, like, I, Did you I, say it in the intro on this one, too? I think I, I got to say it more often if you're going to forget that quickly. I mean, um, do you want to you, you just say it one more time and get a clean one? No, but I do want to say something else that's very... It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> It's, it's tangential because do you know who played the super shredder? I do. Kevin Nash of uh, WWE and WCW fame. Exactly. And Magic Mike. Um. <laughs> he, was, he was also in Magic Mike. He was also, I believe, in Grandma's Boy. Oh, wow. He played well, one you, of the movers. You, you win the deep cut battle. Um <laughs> But yeah, I just thought, you know, the Kevin Clash, Kevin Nash, they should have had a, a team up, you know, and, and instead... <laughs> who's, the, who's the better Kevin? <laughs> yeah, it should have been a Kevin off, and then Kevin James walks in, and he's like, it's me! And then he, like, trips and falls over a buffet table of pizza. And and then we, we get yet another laugh track. <laughs> it's just, the audience laughs, and everybody has a good time, and it's funny. That's one thing that wasn't in this movie that would have felt right at home is an actual canned laugh track throughout oh yeah for sure that would have very much been like a, a welcome sort of element that everybody like winks and nods at but also doesn't really acknowledge verbally like i think that that would be a really cool thing um <sighs> speaking of the super shredder 
I need to understand something about him. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. Cause they said, Oh, he must've drank the last vial. Okay, great. Totally with you. But did his armor also drink the His armor drank the stuff. Because he got so many more blades. I've been thinking about this. Okay. I've actually been thinking about this. Because in a movie this shallow, this dumb, I wanted to put some actual brain power into figuring out the, the how the Super Shredder thing worked. And if some of you somehow did not watch this movie, but you're just listening, as Anthony said, you have Shredder in his armor with, like, you know, sharpened blades and whatever, and then he drinks his mutagen, and now he has an additional 36 blades attached to his armor, and they're all, like, 14 inches long, and it's just, he grew from, like, a regular, like, Five foot ten size guy into Kevin Nash, who I believe is hovering somewhere like, around like seven. Six, ten or something. Yeah, like is right pushing seven feet. So, so of course, you know, we understand that whole like, uh, yeah, he's not going to just rip through his clothes. They're not doing a Hulk thing. They could have, but they didn't. So this is what I'm thinking. This ooze. This ooze does not only mutate organic material. Mm-hmm. It rearranges all atoms to to fit with the will of the individual or creature in which it's being interacting with so it he shredder you know turned into super shredder with big huge metal spikes if michelangelo was doused with another pile of ooze he would have gotten a little bit taller and would have had pizza for arms and then he would have eaten his arms and then his arms would have grown back and he would have had more pizza arms. That's just how that's, that's the way this works. And so I'm glad so I, this could, is Gozer yeah. rules. Science is what I call it. Yes. This but, is Gozer rules. So yeah. if I think of Jagger Hoover, Jagger Hoover was going to come back and kill us empty your heads. Everybody empty your heads. Don't think, think of anything. Don't think of anything. Yeah. So the choice is made. Exactly. So as always, we, tend to connect turtles and ghost busting of course um, it's they go hand in hand yeah so if you i just wanted to say if you really apply science it makes sense so you're welcome okay you know i'll i'll give you the science aspect i think that you know we're a smart enough show for that dream <laughs> oh my we haven't done one of these in a long time we haven't done these in a long time oh man so but before before we do that yeah i want to tell you there was a 2007 kind of animated slash cgi version of teenage mutant ninja turtles movie that came out i don't know i do recall it i just want to read some of the 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 cast the voice cast they had for some of the people in that movie okay okay just because they did they did a pretty solid job i didn't even think to look at the other movies and see if i had crossover i don't know who plays the turtles in the other movies absolutely i absolutely will trust whatever you picked is yours and you're not stealing it from this movie um so i'm not gonna go through everybody but i'm gonna say they did have chris evans as casey jones okay that's a good one uh sarah michelle geller is april o'neill okay uh Patrick Stewart as some guy named Winters. I don't know. <laughs> Winters? Yeah, I don't okay. know. Um, so, uh, and then 
a who's who of like famous voice actors from cartoons and stuff. Um, so, oh, and Lawrence Fishburne uh, was in it, and like just a, mm. a bunch of a bunch of Kevin Smith was in, had a small part. Um, so that's not surprising. He's in just about everything comic book related. Yeah. Either. So like, so they 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 did a decent job of having some people uh, in the mix. Um, but I was just looking through for inspiration, and I realized that. I wanted to go a, a direction where I just rebuilt the movie, the feel of it, everything from the ground up and, and stuff like that. So as as a first for dream casting, what I'd like to do is, you know, tell everyone who we're casting, but I want you to paint me a picture and tell me all of your people in a row and, and put it all together. Instead of going back and forth on every single person, I want you to tell me everyone and then I'll tell you everyone for my casting. Okay. We can do that. Uh, so I had for Donatello, uh, I went Danny Putty, who you'd know from Community or Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Uh, for Leonardo, I had Jacob Batalon from Spider Man. Uh-huh. Uh, he plays Peter's best friend. Uh, for Raphael, I had Theo Rossi from Sons of Anarchy. I'll take your uh, word for Juice. it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for Michelangelo, I had Seth Rogen, who you would know from everything, <laughs> especially weed stuff. Right. Uh, Splinter, I had Joel De La Fuente, uh, who I don't know if a lot of people would know him. He's from The Man in the High Castle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for April, I had Christina Hendricks, uh, who you might know from Mad Men. Oh, I do. Uh, Casey Jones, I went with Stephen Amell. Okay. Uh, you know from Arrow. And then for Shredder, uh, at least for the voice of Shredder, uh, I went with George Takei. <laughs> who you know from every aspect of pop culture. Was that everyone? I think yeah, that was everyone. That should be everyone. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. Uh, fun fact. Uh, I don't know which. I'm trying to think. Hmm. I'm trying to recall. But I think it was the second or the most recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the the sequel to the reboot, maybe. If you tell me Christina Hendricks is in it, I'm going to shit myself. Stephen Amell was Casey Jones. Oh, shut up. Really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I think he did a good job. All right. Well, I'll take that one. I, I would say if, if if I'm rattling off eight names and only one of them is actually cast as that person, I did pretty good. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that was solid. Seth Rogen as Michelangelo is pretty good. Um, yeah, I think I think you got a good cast you're working with there. All right. What do you got going, John? I want to hear I want to hear your turtles and your splinter and April and Casey and the shredder are. All right. <clears throat> First of all, I I got two areas of of inspiration. I want to take all the clues we get from the classic animated TV show. Uh, We know from the theme song, Leonardo leads, Donatello does machines. Mm -hmm. Uh, Raphael Raphael is is cool cool, but rude. rude. And Michelangelo Michelangelo is a a party party dude, dude, which everybody knows this. Um, But I wanted to go and explore what they've never done, which is to actually go darker with this. And I don't mean just make it like Christopher Nolan's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're talking oh. about like they did with that one short version of the Power Rangers that had yeah. Starbuck from... 
yeah, kind of like that, except better. Um, okay. Because I want to take it into kind of a, a a classic like noir setting, not necessarily black and white, but you know, very washed out gray tones, uh, kind of set in a almost forties kind of vibe. Uh, very very subtle, as subtle as you can get with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But the but Batman what but with Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah. Turtles is kind of and, and so and so doing this it felt like what I really wanted is even though it's right there in the name Teenage as I felt like I needed to bring some older voices to give me the the nuances the earthiness the the suave like you can't cast a teenager to be Humphrey Bogart you know like it's it's you need you need someone with gravitas and you need you know something to really carry this movie so it's not just yeah nonsense you want something a bit more to it so keep that in mind so heading up the turtles we have Leonardo voiced by George Clooney oh okay all right we've got Donatello (laughs) who I have uh, being voiced by Jason Statham. Now, <laughs> okay. Now get get now get this. He's gonna do the full English accent, and there will be points when that's referenced by people, and people are like, no, 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 don't ask him about that. You know, people be like, wait a second, why does he have an English hey, accent? Your brother Cockney. <laughs> like, didn't you all grow up in the New York sewer? Like, how does this work? And then like. He just loses his shit and beats people up. He's a he's a loser. Uh, look, he did a summer abroad. Okay, he went and studied in London. He it was a whole and then thing. For, and he came for back Raphael, and really changed him. He did the Madonna thing. <laughs> yeah, he did the Madonna thing. For Raphael, we have Louis Black. Oh yes. <laughs> oh, I just picture Louis Black just going off on ramps. Shit. Yeah. Oh my god. And for Michelangelo, we have Bill Murray. Yeah. Okay. And not I'm, not I'm playing not playing the surfer dude, but just playing kind of a wacky Bill Murray. Um, yeah. So okay. So that's that's the turtles, and then uh, as Splinter, uh, he is going to be voiced uh, by Kevin Clat. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be voiced. Hey, isn't that the guy who played Elmo? Uh, yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell you the best part of that other Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Uh, Splinter was voiced by Mako, who was the original voice of Uncle Iroh from Avatar: Lost Airplane. Oh wow! So I, that's a perfect pick. He's unfortunately that is a perfect passed pick. away, but so uh, for this Splinter, I picked Benedict Wong. Oh yeah, I like um, Benedict, as Wong you may know, as Wong uh, from Doctor Strange, or he was on Marco Polo show on uh, Netflix, and Correct. so he's awesome. I think he has a lot of he can really command uh, a room with his voice and. And then for Shredder, I wanted someone who could be very physical, very intimidating, very like legit martial arts oriented, um, and and a good actor. So I went with Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. Uh, a lot of people know him from It Man. Um, he, oh yes, 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 yes. He was in, he was in Rogue One. Yeah, in Rogue One. Yeah, absolutely. He's probably even better known for that, uh, of course, because of Star Wars. Um, so yeah, so I, he'd be awesome at Shredder. Uh, for April O'Neil, I really needed someone who could sell the femme fatale kind of news reporter role, so I did Kate Blanchett. Okay. And then I wasn't sure if I wanted Casey Jones in this or not, but if I did, I wanted a Casey Jones who 
was going to really jive with the turtles and like play off of them, but not necessarily because not in the same way that Casey did in the original turtles movie that we just watched uh, last week. But for this Casey Jones, I went with Patrick Warburton. (laughs) (laughs) And I just wanted, I wanted a Casey Jones. That's like Gronk and, uh, and Joe and again, Joe, like, yeah, I, I wanted that. What? What? Oh, no. Oh, this is a hockey stick. Uh, you know, and they're like, yeah, what are you doing? Uh, hitting people with it. You know, just being very dry. Yeah, cr- crickets. Cr- crickets actually different from baseball. Yeah. And like them kind of trying to, you know, I could see Lewis Black, you know, just going like, what are you talking about? Like, it just. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's I had so much fun with this dreamcasting. Like, I really think this would come together pretty amazingly. I just got to call up a, a few agents and. Yeah. Yeah. Make it makes it happen. Get the get the wheels going there. I actually I, I like your picks a lot. Um, I did have one bonus pick for Casey. It was actually my original pick. And then I thought. Stephen Amell would be better, and apparently I was right since he got actually casted in the role. Yeah. Uh, my original pick was Jared Kiso, who uh, listeners mm. might know from Letterkenny. Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, he's a uh, so he's a creator of the uh, he's the creator of Letterkenny, and he plays the main character. Uh, and he's he's just he's he's got this dry wit, but he's he's like he's got a physique. He's got a big like athletic physique, so he could totally pull that off. You know, I'm. I gotta derail us slightly here, um, because that's, I think that's very off-brand for yeah, the show, John. Off Please brand. don't do that. I feel like it's it's time for a little history lesson. I feel like we gotta pay, pay tribute to the man who voiced um, my favorite character of any show from all time, um, at least the original voice. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, that wasn't a cough as a joke. That was me just coughing for real. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's just getting very intense it's yeah build up pressure no so i wanted to just share like what i thought was really funny when i was looking at the casting and looking everything and then you have uh the actor whose name is mako as i said voiced uncle iroh on uh, avatar the last airbender and i was like but like i know he's done other things and try to figure out like where else i might have known him from because i've seen him and it's like He's kind of played a lot of small parts in a million different TV series and movies as like the generic Asian guy who is either, you know, a a narrator or he's, you know, the old wise guy or he runs a shop. So like that's like some generic things, but it kind of goes back. (coughs) Sorry, got tickle in my throat. But anyway, just looking at his credits, it's like, okay. I see, I see he was, you know, he's on the West Wing and I'm Monk and he did a lot of voicing for like Samurai Jack, that show, and he's on TV series Charmed and like mm. Dexter's Laboratory. But then I keep going back and I'm like, oh, okay, even back into the 90s, it's like, oh, okay, he was on he was on Jag and he was on uh, Frasier for, you know, like, so he's been around, he was in Robocop 3. Oh, uh, wow. And it's like, okay, but then I go back and go into the 80s, and it's like, oh, he was on Spencer for Hire, and he was in the Conan movies as the wizard. Oh, shit. And then you go back a little further, he was in The Greatest American Hero in Magnum P.I. That's a pretty storied resume. He was on Fantasy Island. He was on M.A.S.H. Oh, wait, let's go back even further. He was on the Incredible Hulk TV series. He's on the Wonder Woman TV series. He was on the original Hawaii Five-0 
He was on Ironsides. Uh, Wow. Let's go back a little further. Let's go to the 60s. (laughs) He was on FBI. He was on I Spy and the Green Hornet. Like, he was on McHale's Navy. Like, he, he had a very rich and storied career. Over six decades. Yeah. And like. so it's like I I kind of had this inkling that I've seen and heard him around and stuff. But like as someone who this isn't Samuel Jackson we're talking about where you're like, oh, he has 200 movie credits. Wow. But I mean, he has 163 acting credits on IMDb. And I just say, good job. <laughs> <laughs> good job. <laughs> That's wild. It's absolutely insane to me. Uh, how, how much stuff he's been in and how long he was in the the film business uh, and, and, and working right up until he died. Like he, he was, I mean, he wasn't super young. He was 72, but he, his last film credit is from 2007. So uh, pretty, pretty wild uh, and, and incredible that he, uh, he he got to do all these amazing roles. Okay. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. I got to derail us. I know it's off character, but I got one more thing I got to derail us on. Go for it. Ever since we did our show last week, I've been getting the weirdest Facebook ad. Okay, so I'm sure most people know there's a lot of uh, retargeting that goes into Facebook with the different cookies and your search engine history gets translated into ads, blah, blah, blah. Also, there's more nefarious things where, you know, you can have a conversation with someone and all of a sudden that pops up in your ads and you never even typed anything and you get all paranoid. It's like, who's listening to me? This is somewhere in the middle. Um, I want to, I'm going to send you a picture right now. Um, okay. You have no idea what this is, but this has been showing up with no, no explanation no, nothing about the product that ties it to anything else. But I want to tell you, I want you to tell me, describe exactly what I just sent you right now. Uh, th- th- <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a beanie style hat uh, with goggles in it that would make one uh, approximate the look of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. This, this hat is first of all i'm probably gonna have to buy one because it's only like 15 dollars. but this hat has been showing up in these ads and when you go to the site it's like tactical outdoor gear it's not even like nerd clothes or anything it's not like, it's not like like, spo- like like winter sports gear like this would make a killer pair of goggles like like built-in goggles to a, a hat but like uh, for a, for a skier or a snowboarder, but it really does look like the top half of the head of a, a turtle. Oh, absolutely, yes. Of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, like this is could be actually really good cosplay, except they don't have the color green. Which is <laughs> how do you miss the boat? <sighs> on like so. you're making this product, and no one in your organization goes, "Hey, you know." That looks kind of like a Ninja Turtle. We should do some, like, green or maybe some headband colors. Yeah. Nobody had that inkling. No one had that no. thought. Yeah, brown and red and gray and green. Oh, no. Not green, no. black. Fucking waste. Great so. job. Yeah, so that's, that's now, now you know what my whole week has been. Trying to well, find a good 
turtle head have. Clear your cache and cookies and reset your Facebook settings and it'll go away for a day and a half and then you'll start getting weird stuff again. Cool. Cool. That's our show, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to us each and every week because we just still another favorite from our past. We have new episodes every Monday, so come and hang out with us on Apple and Stitcher and Spotify and all those other uh, platforms where you can get podcasts. You know how to get podcasts, obviously. You're listening to us. Make sure you tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell a family member, tell someone you don't like. If you think this show sucks, like tell someone you don't like about us. We'll still get the play, and we won't be offended. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, eh. uh, head on over to tmdpod.com uh, you can find us there as well John take us home with the music part of our yeah, podcast yeah I don't know about your your hot take on strategy on that part but whatever you know it's all good hey you know it's different uh, different strokes for different folks you know what else is a different stroke vanilla ice <laughs> he sure is he is one tall-haired wonder, and uh, he he did our our entire uh, uh, score for the Memory Distillery. <laughs> the score, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not the soundtrack. The theatrical score for the Memory Distillery yeah. is brought to you <laughs> and composed by none other than Vanilla Ice. But and here's and the earthquake. And here, here's the uh, the sad thing, though, is if you're listening to this in the contiguous 48 states, or I think there's about seven or eight other countries, uh, the score is automatically censored, and you probably don't hear any music playing throughout the entire podcast. You probably only hear the beginning and middle and end, which is destroying the evidence by semaphore. So it's a nice consolation prize because it's great. I'm just sorry you're missing the Vanilla Ice score, the original score for the background of our uh, hijinks. Um, you should really check out semaphore yourself, uh, some more of what they do. They're great, uh, fun to listen to when you're, you know, making omelets. And then after I that... I thought you were about to say making out. <laughs> well, I mean... I, I've no doubt that would also work out pretty darn well for you. Um, if you guys do have any uh, comments about the Turtles, uh, either the the band that sang Happy Together uh, or, uh, <laughs> you know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you should email us at memorydistillery at gmail.com. Uh, send us your requests and ideas and thoughts because uh, we're, we're heading into new territory, I don't think, Next week is going to be turtle focused. Although I do not believe it will be. You, you know, you can never tell. You know, I don't want to make any promises, but it might might go a different direction. And if you want to be a part of that decision making process, uh, we're all about gathering all the great ideas and, and bouncing them off our heads and seeing what happens. Um, you can tweet us at the at TMD Pod. Uh, it's also our Instagram handle, and just a search for the Memory Distillery on Facebook. Uh, lots of fun things for you to discover there. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening to our. Uh, well, let, let's just call it, it's a reptilian podcast. That's, that's pretty much, I think we've, we've hit our groove and we'll probably be doing Godzilla next week. Um, so thanks for listening. I'm John Deck. And I'm Anthony Verneri, and this has been the Reptile Distillery. Hey guys, huh? check this! Wax on, wax off, wax on, mouth off. Hey, everyone's a crack. <laughs> <laughs> Mouth off. <laughs>